This, this, is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, this is like, this, to be honest with you guys, especially for y'all listeners, this is the most, like, times. I usually don't repeat guests, and this would be, I think, like, RJ, King RJ Madi's third time on the show, and I love every time he comes on because he has some new game to give us. He teaches me. If you guys don't know King RJ, his links will be in the description box. I just have to give this shout out because I tell him and I told him before coming on, I have the most movies, Nigerian movies to be exact, but nobody has more clothes than RJ Mahadi and Jacob Caesar. Nobody has more clothes. I talked to RJ earlier today. He was wearing something different than he's wearing now. And so, RJ, welcome to the show. How you doing, brother? Peace, 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 man. Thanks. Uh, you know, thanks for noticing, man. We try to, we try to, we try to, you know, keep some new threads. Just if nothing else, man. Just inspiration for the brothers and sisters, man. Get some, uh, get some new ideas, motivation floating around. That's all. <laughs> well, well, shout, shout, is, shout out to my tailors though man they keep us nice they keep us nice they keep you fly fresh because that's not the stuff that i see folks wearing from amazon like you know that's fresh <laughs> that's the real deal kind of like this shirt that i have on from wearegana.com thank y'all for this shirt and putting the diversified game logo on it um rj you got a documentary you just put out I want you to yeah. tell the people all about it, and then, I, you know, we can talk about it. But tell them, why did you put this documentary out? I mean, um, you know, to be honest, uh, the why is, uh, I mean, it's quite simple. Um, you know, what, what we've done over the last seven years and even, you know, over the last 20 since the first time I've come here um, has been, you know, something that's never really been done, right? The things that we've created, the work that we've had to go through, um, the challenges we've had to face are like no other or, or like few. And so, you know, when you've lived through that kind of story, I mean, it's only right to, you know, put it all down so that it can be understood, right? Because a lot of times people know you from one thing or another, Right. They, they they know you from whatever you've done the last two years and they don't know anything about you from before then. Or they know you from who you was 10, 15, 20 years ago and they haven't seen what you've done since. Uh, so, you know, we felt that it was right to just put it all in one place, answer a lot of questions, uh, help people to understand the journey uh, that has had to you know, um, take place and uh, and just kind of make our intentions known of where we're trying to go, what we're trying to build. Well, you know, your journey, you have come on the show before you've done, you know, everybody's show. Oh, well, I'll say almost everybody because there's somebody new every day. Right. But you've done so many of the shows, especially for the back to Africa crowd. But, you know, to hear like the people you were connected with and the way you, where you stayed. And, you know, we hear about the work you do in a quick Instagram post, but to show that, Oh yeah, we opened up a library. Like it was, you know, like it was like that. I mean, you move quicker than China um, <laughs> you, it, it, you, for a lot of us that we're thinking we're doing something new to you. Right. This is just a repeat because nothing new is under the sun and you keep right. it humble. You keep it real humble. So how like where do you think we are on this back to Africa movement? Like just since you were born into this. I think right now, you know, um, right now, I think that a lot of us are either a uh, rushing things prematurely in our back to Africa movement, or um, we are, how can I say, you know, let's just say uh, a lot of people's popularity precede their productivity. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, when I say that, you know, 
just to say that we are going about it more so about who can be known for what, right? Trying to rush things to seem, you know, uh, a certain way, right? Everybody's like, as soon as I get on the ground, I want a YouTube and I want to, you know, I'm going to start vlogging my journey, right? And then, you know, we've seen that turn into so many, um, you know, just negative situations, right? So I think what we need to be focusing on more um, is the productivity side. Um, How much are we getting done? on the ground. And I think that, you know, right now it's just this whole popularity contest. It's like, you know, who's got more followers, who's got more views, who's got more subscribers, who's, you know, right. Everybody's trying to like vlog two, three, four vlogs a week. Everybody's trying to, you know, it's a popularity contest. And, 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 you know, us as African-Americans, I mean, we, we're kind of a popularity contest, (laughs) right. As a culture. Um, and, and that's okay. You know, it's all right for us to enjoy ourselves and show ourselves enjoying ourselves and to create that kind of, you know, fanfare for the continent. But I think that the productivity has to be equal to that. Right. Um, so we should definitely be doing more offline and off YouTube than we are on, on camera. Right. And if you can't, you know, reach a certain level of productivity yourself, then you shouldn't be on YouTube or, you know, on these platforms trying to show others. Right. Uh, So we got to take our time. We got to take our time and actually get to know the soil. It's so different here. Uh, And so, you know, when you watch our documentary and you see how long we spent, you know, four hours outside the capital of Dakar, just living in a rural spiritual village. Right. That was what I'm talking about. That was our time to just, you know, lay low, get to know the culture, you know, build family, build community, you know, put in some work, do some give back um, before you jump onto that scene and try to be like the, you know, right. So that's all, man. I think that uh, our people just have to focus on productivity, man. Spend more time building and being productive. RJ is very PC because he he really is um, a, a likable person. I don't in, in, in this age where I just got got my first uh, prostate exam. I don't have to be likable anymore. I'm old enough to let people know this is what it is. I don't say no say any names because I'm not the FBI, but I plan on being here. And that's why I put in the prostate exam. I want y'all to go get checked. It's killing too many of us, you know, okay. when you hit that age. But, you know, um, there are a lot of, you know, watch me type people. And it's not the women mostly. It's the guys. Hey, watch me, watch me, watch me. And it's okay to tell your story. But RJ, you're talking about, you know, that give back. I love, you know, that's I always got to ask about the give back. And every time I've asked you, you've never run out. So can you tell people more about what your community give back is one that you haven't told us and, and one and maybe one that you plan on doing in the future? You pick either one, but you're always giving something back. So you're always being blessed. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 always got to be a part of the process. Right. A balance is necessary. Um in coming back to the continent, the the balance of give and take has to be even. Um, You know, there's never a situation where you want to seem as if you're taking more than you're giving. Uh, And so, you know, that's a constant thing. It's not, it's it's not even like a one-off or, you know, what have I done in the past year? No, it's like every program that we put in place has to have some form of give back whether that's through employment, whether that's through sponsoring uh, programs like Give One Project, you saw there, uh, we sponsored Give One Project for four or five years, right? And that's paying a rent on an office, right? That's paying staff, secretaries, and, you know, whatnot. And this is literally just coming out of our pocket. This is not, like, Give One Project didn't make us any money. It was only simply for building and developing young people for giving these young teenagers an opportunity to see more, learn more, do more, right? But we had to pay for that. Uh, And that's four years, literally, out of pocket. Offices, staff, 
travel expenses, transport, you know, you name it, all kind of events. Um, the launch alone, right? We had uh, over 500 teenagers at the launch, but we hosted the launch at this beautiful resort hotel that was really isolated. It's called Hotel Algemas in Calac. Um, but it's, it's off the beaten path. You can't just catch a quick taxi or bus there. So we ended up having to pay for buses, city transport buses, to bring the seniors from the local high schools to reach that place, right? And this was just like straight out of pocket. Like the kids, like, hey, we don't have a way to get there. It's too far. We can't afford taxis. And we just was like, all right, well, we'll rent a few buses and we'll send them to your school to pick you up at this time to bring you to the event. Right. That's just a, that's that's a, that's that's the kind of decisions we have to make every day um, because we want those people to take part. And we want the message that we share with the young people to spread farther. Right. We, we, we want that exchange and for them to have that, um, you know, impact. So sometimes you got to just you got to put your money where your mouth is. Uh, and so I think that over the past several years, you know, we've just become accustomed to putting our money where our mouth is, especially in terms of making sure that everything we do on the soil gives back to the soil in some way. Okay. Talking about the money and the give back. And I got to ask you the questions people ask me, because even with diversified game, people say, wait, I don't see the YouTube uh, views going up like so-and-so. And I said, but you know, there's a podcast audience, right? You know that there's radio that have called me and said, hey, you interview more African millionaires than we do. Can we air some of your stuff? And I'm like, sure, let's make some business. How did you make it work where you can afford to give back at these luxury things? Because as in our last interview, you, you talked about all this money that's coming in is not mine personally. So are, are you a salary employee for anybody? Are you just already, yeah, yeah. Are you already wealthy where, you know, you got your index funds and that money's making money on top of that money because somebody is listening to this, especially and saying, well, how do I even get there? Like what type of bread did this guy have to have to move his family, do all this give back, have a fresh outfit. Now I'm going to say you wear a fresh outfit two times a day at least. And so that's the rumor. I started like, like how, how do you business wise structure that and how many companies do you have and um as far as being a salaried employee i've not collected a salary in i've been here seven years i've not collected a salary in uh since 2007 so 14 15 years the last time i actually collected a regular salary or paycheck from a job i've, I've always been independent um, I've always been comfortable earning my own money and living off of what I make for myself. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely uncomfortable in a salary job, <laughs> extremely uncomfortable I, for everybody else. It's their sense of security. For me, it's extremely uncomfortable. If you told me right now, I'll pay you $10,000 a month. I'd be extremely uncomfortable <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> for real. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've always been independent. I've always been entrepreneur. Um, but, um, you know, here, uh, just in terms of like, how, how, how do we do it? Right. Like I say, every business that we structure has factors of give back. Um, and again, that, you know, make to some people seem like, okay, everybody's got to have staff, right? So you hiring staff, it's not a give back, right. Or give back. Um, but when you really think about the long-term effect of what you're doing, um, staffing, sourcing, uh, where do we get our products from, right? Not importing, but making sure we export, um, educating and developing. So uh, for instance, all of our staff come straight out of either high school or college. We do a lot of internships. Um, we're, we're, we're educating people before we're employing them and then we're employing Right. So not only we're going to train you, develop you, give you these skills, but we're also going to then hire you or contract you afterwards and put you on payroll. Um, and then even uh, aside from that, you know, you have a lot of opportunities here to get involved with efforts that aren't commercial. 
right? And so those are the efforts that are really important to get involved with, not the ones that it's always how much is my ROI, what am I going to make back? Um, but, you know, you want to ask yourself, what's the impact that this is going to make? Like, I, I can see I'm probably not going to make my money back, but, okay, it's going to help this many people. Okay, great, right? Something like a library, right? We don't make anything off of that. I've never taken a penny for that, right? Um, we built it, stocked it, filled it, put Wi-Fi on, paid it up for years, and just left it there. <laughs> it just gave it to just gave it to the community, right? Um, you know, these are the kind of things that just are necessary. It's not is not really, you know, I don't think of things in terms of how much I'm gonna make from it. Like that's that's number one. Um, it's always about what's the impact. Right. What is the maximum impact from this? Right. If I get paid from it. OK, that's great. Um, but really, what is the impact? Right. So we have uh, all of these different types of programs like that. For instance, now we have our um, our uh, uh, buy a brick program. I don't know if you've seen our program now we have where you can buy a engraved brick, put your family, your family's name on that brick and have it set in stone in one of our repatriate communities. Right. And that's not a program that we're doing for our bottom line or for ROI or for profit. We, we, we won't make anything off of that, each of us, when it's said and done. Um, but it's an opportunity for people to not only get involved and invest in these projects, but also you're putting that long-term stamp. And then also you're helping to finance other organizations because now youth organizations around America and South America, et cetera, are now tap it into our brick program so that they can sell the bricks as a fundraiser for their organizations. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So now yeah. black home schools, black community organizations, black boy scout troops, right? They, they have fundraisers every year. They're selling candy, popcorn, all these different things, right? Now they can actually sell the products that we offer to community members in their area earn a commission off of it that then in turn helps them to pay for the things that they need for their organizations, uniforms for sports teams, school field trips for schools, et cetera. Right. And so it's, it's a share in the wealth process, right? Even if I don't make my maximum profit off of it, how many people can I affect from, from this one sale? How many people can I affect? If I sell right now, I got sitting over here right now about, um, hundred uh, I've got a hundred of these sitting right here right now right they're just some little kitty jumpers you see that yeah got yeah two big bags I'm sitting here um but out of that a hundred items I want to know exactly how many people am I affecting with it right so I can actually count all right the amount of tailors that it took to put it together the guy that they bought the material from right and then on top of that, the post office that I have to ship it through. And then on top of that, my staff that I send to fill the orders. And then on top of that, when it gets to where it's going in America, it's a young sister who just started a brand new store. She's going to now be able to sell those clothes for a profit, right? You just created a whole supply chain where eight to 12 people were able to eat off of one order. How do you split? How do you split that, though? Because, I mean, people, I, I, I'm telling you, I need I need the clarity because I, I, I am a, a, a I am a uh, holy capitalist. I'm not here to take advantage of anyone, but I'm here to do make, to make money. money. Right. Yeah, and when we give give back, you know, the left hand don't know what the right is doing. And that's what it is. But with what you're saying is it really sounds like you are financially free and that you retired early. So you're like part of the fire. I program. wish I ain't, I ain't retired now. I mean, I still I still got to work my butt off every day, but um, I've definitely created channels, you know, multiple channels of income, first of all. So that's, that's something that we hear a lot. We hear every, you know, influencer or real estate mobile. Or they all say the same thing, right? Multiple streams of income. That's number one. Uh, and that was something that we organized, my wife and I, when we first got here. It was like in our first six months to a year while we were just laying low, chilling, getting our spiritual you know, thing on, um, we sat down and really inked out what those plans were, right? How many different businesses can we set up? How many different 
forms of incomes. Uh, so that's the first thing. Always have multiple streams of income that will create a sense of financial freedom. Uh, you may not be rich, right? I can't just you know do whatever I want, right? I still have goals that I need to reach, but there are days where if I don't want to work, I don't have to. I, you know, I, 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 there are days when I'm sleeping or chilling and relaxing, and I check my phone and I just got two or three payments in my inbox, right? So, right, we are making that kind of when you sleep money, right? Um, but at the same time, that can run out just like anything else. Right. We were just having this discussion a little while ago down by the beach with the repad. So we were just talking about, you know, how many people, you know, who were rich millionaires and went broke. Right. So it's not a be all end all. Right. Wealth is not a be all end all. We've got to be wise. We have to be organized. We have to be, um, you know, uh, um, impactful. Right. People don't care if you're not bringing some impact. I don't care how much money you have. Right. Nobody's going to give you more. Right. Because you're not bringing an impact. You're not influencing us positively. Right. So you still have to remain relevant for what you do. And so for us, that is continuing to serve the mission at hand, which is connecting people with the continent. And so, you know, we've got our different uh, businesses set up. So we have our um, retail, you know, our export business. We have our travel and tourism business. We have our investment business. We have our real estate side. We've got our uh, uh, what's the last one? Uh, yeah, invest and relocate. Right. So, um, you know, those are just what they're made in Africa. Uh, but, you know, additionally, we've got other media businesses. Uh, we've got nearly a million followers across platforms on Facebook that a lot of people don't know that we own and operate. Um, we use those pages for a considerable amount of advertising and, and, and clients. So it's, you know, it's, it's really a situation where anybody, not just repacks, Set you up a whole lot of incomes. That's all. All right. Two or three of them go under. If it's a pandemic and it drags your travel business, you can still make money off your other stuff. Right. So you can, you know, survive through these tough times. Teach a young person right now, you know, who says, okay, I want to set all that up. But how do you like to pay yourself? Because I take a salary from my companies and I'm mm-hmm. considering a nonprofit. And I said, I'm going to take a salary from that, which I got to pay me in cryptocurrency because um, mm-hmm. I can't be on the board. And I say, and they say, man, Kellen, are you Scrooge McDuck? Yeah, I'm the black Scrooge McDuck. Um, how do you mm-hmm. like to you know, set it up where do you like to just take disbursements? Because you're no longer under the American laws where, you know, you're it's so tight that oh you can't do that kellen you can't do that rj that's illegal now you know you can't give a gift more than 25 dollars to you know whomever so how do you like to withdraw that money because what you're saying and i could say some names right now because i know people's personal business they're going to africa setting all this stuff up and have no idea what a ledger is have no cpa at all okay all they got is a plane ticket a camera and an audience and 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 they're like and and, and this is why guys you know hang out in eastern some europe some of them even got an audience yeah some of them even got an audience and some of them owe a lot of tax uh oh i'm not going to say your names don't worry but how do you like to withdraw that money and stay legal since you're still an american citizen and they only give you a $90,000 credit when you live mm-hmm. out of the country like you do so how do you structure all that well, I mean, you know, in um, you know, in short, it's really just about um, you know being the business yourself. Number one, that's how I think of myself. Is I am the business. Um, I don't take a salary. I don't. I don't. I. Don't, I, I, I literally don't pay myself. Yeah, that's, 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 that's rich talk. That's wealthy talk, y'all. I'm dumb. I literally do not pay myself. Anybody, anybody who knows me or has worked with me over years past will tell you I, I do not. I don't take a salary. Um, I make sure everything that's taken care of needs to be taken care of. Um, but you know, I, I don't take a salary, uh, and 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 a lot of that is because in number one, in any new business, reinvestment is far more important than an owner's salary, right? Anybody tell you different, you know, they're, they're, they're doing it backwards, especially when you're building a business that requires exponential growth and expansion, 
right? So for instance, let me give you an example. If you if you have a business where, okay, I know for a fact for the next two years, my business expense is going to be the same, right? I pay, you know, I'm going to just throw out a number, $300 for an office and $200 for a secretary and that's it. That's my business expenses. Okay. You, you don't have anything to worry about. You can pay yourself a salary. Okay. Because you know, your business expense is not going to change. Right. But if you're in the kind of business where my business has to continue to expand, I've got to put on new you know, staff every uh, six to 12 weeks. I've got to be able to, you know, support a growing market. Right. I've got to be able to do product development. I've got to be able to afford marketing and advertising. And I've got to, Right. If you have one of those kind of businesses that requires a lot of reinvestment, a salary is not in your cards um, until that business has reached the level of, you know, expansion that you have uh, planned. And so, you know, our business has been going through that for years. Um, Every year over the past at least five years, our business has taken on new project steps uh, and we planned that out like that in advance. So when I think about paying myself a salary, when I think about the extra we have left over after an order, you know, that that profit that we make after a tour or after a membership or whatever, um, rather than me taking that and hiding it in my personal account as my salary, I just take it and reinvest it. It goes right back into the business. Right. So whatever that extra is, a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, it doesn't matter. It's going right back into the business. We're going to invest in our, you know, our, our new website. We're going to invest in our new product development. We're going to go ahead and put two more people on staff. We're going to go ahead and, you know, invest in some new business cards or new computers for our team members, whatever. Uh, and so that's, you know, the kind of commitment that we have to growing this effort and this movement. I never want to think of what we do here as just a business. Um, obviously it is business. It is, it is uh, commercial to an extent, but it's, it's more of a mission. And so that requires uh, a heavier attention to detail, uh, more consistent investment rather than just, you know, like we're just running a small office. Like we're, we're running an organization that's literally multinational at this point. And you show that in the documentary and you guys links will be in the description of the documentary. I mean, RJ told you so much about his life, except where he hides his money tree. But that might go for his. That might be in your book where you say, "Okay, this is how I pay my bills, because if you already have money, like we see some YouTubers, you know, they may be retired, might have a pension, might have a whatever. And they're let you know. This is how my bills get paid, but I haven't had to spend my money because I YouTube. You know, there's been YouTubers who who have said that and they've been so out front. I um, never made a che- I never made a check from YouTube that could pay any bill of mine. And, and you got you have some videos that went over three hundred thousand. But, I do, that just but I, I've ne- I've never made a YouTube check more than one hundred and twenty dollars. Wow. Wow. YouTube. And, and that's like several months in between. I, I demonetized my YouTube months ago. Mm, I just I just okay. turned it off. I, yeah. My, my videos don't get any monetization. I turned it off earlier this year. I was just like all, all it really does is slow you down because now you can't post certain stuff. They want to, you know, copyright ban you for this and that. And, you know, it was really just more of a hindrance. And I don't make anything off of it to any extent that I would care. You know, so I. My YouTube is not monetized right now. Over years past, it was, but I've never made a check from YouTube that was worth, you know, throwing my hands up over. Yeah, yeah. Have you thought about, and I know you have the investment club, but would you, you know, handhold and what would that cost for someone to say, look, I got, you know, $3,000 or $2,000, maybe a soldier or whatnot, and to show them how they can make a living and, and like really walk them down that because, you know, that path, because people can get to Africa and we've seen so many people go broke because so many of us don't know money. My name is cash now. So, you know, it, it just is natural when they bless me with the name that, yeah, I knew something about it back in middle school. But right. would you 
would you hold somebody's hand to say, yo, this is what works here? Because I might know all about index funds and, you know, 401ks and solo 401ks. But in Africa, there may be a twist on it. And right. that person may not know it's a brand new slate. When you come to Africa, you need to, you know, come with, uh, let me learn. Yes, sir. Okay. What is, how does that work? Right. So, so do you have like a package for that? I mean, you know, our um, our Exodus Club is that, you know, it's 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 uh, it's consulting, you know, um, you know, just to be perfectly honest with you, consulting is probably my my first business right now. Right. That's that's probably my first job is consulting. Um, and that entails a lot. Because when you are making that transition, there are so many things that you will not know in advance. There are so many things that, you know, end up surprising you. And you want to make sure that you have, you know, somebody on the ground who can, you know, make that a little easier on you, a little simpler. And so as, as, as our Exodus Club, you know, members can attest, we save them a lot, a lot on just, you know, information just being able to provide them information because if you didn't have it you were coming to you were going to blow a lot of money just to get that same information so um that's start to finish that's from the day that you have interest in making that move all the way through planning that move all the way through the process of the move all the way when you land on the ground getting your place getting your kids in school starting the business even like you saw today you know, we linked up today with a half a dozen of our members who all live here, right? Some some of them, you know, they're doing really well. They're they're connecting, they're linking in, they're they're making their mark here locally. Some of them maybe a little slower, right? Some of them maybe they're not adjusting that well, and they just need somebody to talk to. Um, you know, some of them are starting businesses and making good money and living in really nice, you know, fancy conditions. We were just talking about earlier. Some of them have some nice new places. Uh, and others of them are struggling to find a source of income, right? But uh, when we're able to bring them together, right, and everybody can do some networking, oh, what are you doing lately? Oh, you're making money off of this? Okay, great. How, what, what payment systems are you using? Or how do you work with that? And how's that? Right now, you've got all of these people being able to lift one another up, right? It's like Ubuntu, right? I am because we are, right? And so um, that's a part of it too, right? So it's not just me who's consulting these people, right? It's all, uh, it's tons of other actual repatriates, people who have actually done it, who, some of which have done it well, some of it's not, not so much. Uh, some of which have done it for years and years and years. Some of them are brand new here, just going through their first phases of getting settled in, right? Uh, and so that's what makes it beautiful is it's not just me. Uh, it's a collective community of us, uh, not to mention we've got our other Exodus consultants in other countries like Sister Yah in Ghana and uh, uh, Gina Ifoe, uh, Fode Mansere down in Sierra Leone, um, uh, just, you know, all of these different um, actual repatriates, actual business owners actually living on the ground with their families. Don't let anybody advise you other than actual repatriates right who have actually done it and are actually successfully running businesses and, and raising families on the ground and so that's who we put in a position to coach you know i i need that on loop because I, I i tell people with all this high value talk on the internet now and everybody's run with it how can you take advice from single people about being married i've been married right. oh, for 14 years and you guys are listening to who and you can then come to me and say, so-and-so said, I know so-and-so. I'm not, right. I, I don't want to hear what they said or I'd watch it. I watch it sometimes, you know, different people, because it's funny to me that <laughs> people actually think this about marriage. Like it's all yeah. just about love. Marriage is a business. And yeah. if you don't understand that part of it, then you mm -hmm. don't really need to be married. But it's the same way. You watch of, my documentary, you see how, you know, marriage is a business. My wife and I, we've been a business since we met and ever since, you know, and that's just that's that's what brought us together. That's what, you know, ties us together is that we are partners, not just relationship partners, but business part like run, even just running the house is a business. 
you know, it's budgeting, a, organizing, scheduling, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a business. And if you're not good at business, um, there's a lot of things in life that you're going to be bad at. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we got to really get, yeah, we got to get good but, at understanding that. But people have to, again, so if you hear RJ talk, he can talk about marriage. He can talk about being a father. Um, I, I wrote my course, you know, on how to travel to Africa. I'm um, considering writing one, how to invest in it. But I can't write right. a course on how to live in because even though I have various uh, property and lands, I can't mm-hmm. tell you how to live in it because I live majority of my life right here in America. Right. You got to go to RJ for that, people. And I tell all of y'all, if you want to move there, you got to talk to somebody who's been there. He's lived he's there, there. He speaks the language. Oh, that's right. a big thing. Um, right. I had I had somebody do that recently. Uh, I'm not going to say their name, but, um, you know, a brother who, you know, he runs tours. He does tours and, and really good tours. Um, but, you know, you know, recently he started getting people in asking him about relocation. And so naturally he, he wanted to, you know, advise them and, you know, give them his consult. But um, when he figured out that, you know, he didn't really have the connections he needed, he, he sent those people to me. But what I noticed immediately, immediately from those people that he sent to me was that they had been coached from a tourism standpoint about repatriation. Mm -hmm. They had been coached. You could tell that everything they had been told or prepared for was what I would prepare my people who are coming to visit, like my guests who are coming to visit. Like I I know the difference. I deal with both all the time. I have tours I give all the time and I have repatriates that come to me all the time. But the way you deal with them is totally different. And so, you know, this particular uh clients you know they came to us and they were like expecting tour service you know for moving here and it was it was really weird to try and get them out of that mentality it's like you're not here on a tour like you live here now (laughs) you can go anywhere you want (laughs) right Exactly. Say as long as like, you, you know, want. Yeah. I can't be your tour guide all day. I'm not gonna stay with you and you know all day. This is not a tour. You live here now. <laughs> it's like yeah. you know <laughs> that that just comes from them being coached by somebody who had never done it himself. You understand? So now they're I here do. as a repatriate, feeling like they need the services of a tour or, or you know tourism. And so you got to make sure we're going to the right people for the right info. Well, and and so, you know, we know the history of Liberia, Sierra Leone, and how folks were going back then. So people have been going back for, you know, before you and I and our parents, grandparents were born. But now it's, and I tell people, are you a tourist in Africa? Are you an investor? Are you looking to, you know, go back? Like, what do you think, where, where are, how do we get our tourists? Like we have people who have been to almost, you know, half the countries, right? Mm-hmm. But they're still tourists. How do you right. get out of that tourist mindset? Even if you can't live there, how do you start to live like a local? Like what's one little thing you could tell people to say, you know, get that out of your head when you want to mm. act like you're going to be here for more than two weeks. Um, the two things that would do that the most here in particularly would be to a eat locally. And so when I mean, eat locally. I mean like not your, you know, big fancy sit down dining restaurants. Like even if you eat out, like they're a local eat out. Right. So, um, but also like eating with families, eating in homes, eating, you know, out of the bowl with people. Right. That's the, one way. Um, the second way is travel using local means. Right. So don't always, you know, we, we provide, you know, chauffeured and private cars for all of our clients. Everybody who's ever came with me has always had a private chauffeured vehicle. Um, but for those of you who want to feel the local way, if you want to really not feel like a tourist, get out of that car get in a local taxi or get on a local bus and just ride around town. 
Just just get on get on the local bus line and just ride it until you can't ride it. Then you will start to feel like a load. Then you will start to see the back streets and the the real working people, the real working class, the real, you know what I mean? Then you will start to see more than just the tourist areas and the beautiful, nice buildings. You'll start to get into some of the slums. You'll start to get into some of the, you know, other communities that, you know, you'll learn other things from other than just that tourism stuff, right? So those are two things. Eat locally, like in people's homes and and small local, you know, corner, you know, uh, type restaurants, uh, and travel using local means of transportation. And you'll start to smell things you've never smelled. And, mm-hmm. and people, you know, and I'm talking about myself because I know my first trip to South Africa, going to Soweto, nobody would take mm-hmm. me. And nobody was like, we don't go to Soweto. These are Africans. They're like, we don't go to Soweto. We, you know, that's, that's not what we do. So somebody was going to church. And after the night of uh, partying, he's like, mm-hmm. okay, you want to go to Soweto? I go into church. And um, I know my breath was on hit because we had about this much toothpaste and it was like baking soda. And I'm like, I can smell my breath. But then when you get on the combi bus and you're mm-hmm. like, nobody's going to talk about my breath, all this talking I'm doing. And, you know, uh, then you can you, you, you just you get to ex- it's a different experience. But yeah. um yeah. In that car yeah. we have was called the car rapids. I don't know if you've ever seen those colorful buses. They're really uh distinct to Senegal, yellow and blue buses with all the traditional art all over them. First of all, those buses, let me just tell you, those buses are 100% handmade. Mm. Okay? So they are not a brand of car. (laughs) They are literally made out of refurbished old truck engines and uh, oil barrels, and they are completely handmade here in Senegal. Um, But they are like the official local transport so like when you're in that car you know you just need to get around in the little hoods you just jump on one of those it costs you 50 francs which is like 25 cent maybe you know quarter right it's how much you pay to get on and that thing will drive you all through the streets all day long um but when you get on those like you're really in the community you know like that's the one place where you sit on that bus you you will know the people that you're living around a lot. <laughs> and, and those buses get packed. They're packed. People hanging out the back, hanging out the windows. They're so packed, you know, but that's the local <laughs> transport. Like, if you want to feel like a local, start there. <laughs> what what is the um because people a lot of times with africa and i've told africans this like i get into the debate with africans when in malawi okay you have in sema in uh kenya you have ugali in west africa you have fufu or geri i said people it's all cassava relax we all eat the same thing but with those buses you know, what's the difference between the Senegalese bus and the uh, Matatu, uh, uh, you know, in Kenya that has the same type of funky designs and the music going? Like, wh- where do you see the difference? Um, literally, it's just in the uh, it's in the art that you see on the buses. Um, uh, you know, they have a they have a distinct kind of art that is uh, kind of true to Senegal. And then at the same time, like I say, they're 100% handmade. So a lot of the buses you see, especially in East Africa, um, they're Indian. So you see like the Tata buses a lot, um, you know, and those buses are, you know, they're, they're an actual brand. Um, whereas, you know, these uh, car rapid buses are literally like, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll show you here. Let me see. Can I turn my screen around? I can't. You see those? These are the car rapids. Oh yeah, I know. I, I I've seen them. I've seen them. You've seen those? Yeah. Yeah. So that that whole bus is literally handmade. Like they made that out of oil barrels, like you know, wow. and painted it with the local paint. And so you know, that's what makes them really unique. You know, it's, you you don't see that nowhere else um, because it's handmade. It's just like I was saying about my shirts, right? Each one is handmade, so there are no two alike. Like, you can't just duplicate it and have a thousand copies, right? Uh, it's the same with those buses. Everyone is unique. The paint on it, the art, the names, they'll put the name of their chief there or their sheikh or their teacher or their, their last name, their family, their village name. 
and they make that bus their own. So when you start to see them around town, you'll start to notice the differences in them. And, you know, once soon as you look at, you know, that's a bus from so-and-so village or that's a bus from the so-and-so community or that's a bus because everybody's bus is tailored to their own, you know, personal life. Man, this this is good game. I don't want to give a game overload because I want people to check the description box and I want them to go watch your documentary. I want you guys also to know, especially the listeners, most listeners are a more educated listener. That's what the research says. Your documentary isn't um, to entertain. It's to educate. And I want to make that clear because somebody may start watching it and say, well, where's the nightclub scene at that I saw in the preview? It's not about the dream. It's about the whole team and how it's come together and how even if you can't pronounce the things like RJ does. Neither can I. RJ, <laughs> that 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 Wolof, he, he, I mean, he he probably has some tribal languages <laughs> times 10 what, by What would you having a hard time pronouncing? <laughs> no, no you, you have some names of your teacher, you know, the Arabic. We're not... Oh, we're, right, we're, right. Yeah. Like, I, 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 stuff like that? Yeah, because it's one thing, like even I don't speak English perfect. And so when I tell people, hey, hey, nah, pronounce it actually like this. Okay, I'll check this out. I'm doing the best I can with the time I get to practice, right? Um, <laughs> you know, as Americans, you know, naturally we have a flat tongue. So there's a lot of stuff that we can't really say appropriately over here. If you don't train your tongue to be a little, you know, you got to have that roll. You know, you got to be able to roll your R's sometime. You know, you got to be able to, instead of, you know, it's not a K, it's a huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to have that, you know, that fluid tongue, man. <laughs> and, and that just comes with the, the practice, practicar, and we have to, you know, we need more of that. So I'm glad when RJ does his language lessons, I'm just throwing stuff out there, y'all. Then, you know, you can get that practice because you have the patience of a saint. And that's why I really love everything that you do and appreciate and support. And and, and, and just know, if I ever, you get tired of me saying, Kellen, everybody who come to Senegal or the Gambia don't got to know me. Just let me know but to me when they say that i say now nah, you got to talk to rj so i always send him hey on whatsapp and I, you know people are crazy and he never has told me yet nah kellen i i can't take anymore unless they pay me he always accepts so i appreciate you for that brother much respect much respect and just remember man you guys uh you know take part in this uh this win a free home uh deal that we're doing right now i know a lot of people right now they skeptical everybody's like you know they don't want they give away free like yo don't say we didn't put y'all up on game you know a lot of people request a lot of stuff from us one of the things that we get requested the most is find a way to help people do it who can't afford to do it right and that's probably one of the most requested thing we get Find a way to help people who can't afford it. Like repatriation shouldn't just be for rich people. It shouldn't just be for, you know, folks who got thousands of dollars. Try to find a way to help those of us who can't. And so that's what this whole win a free home thing came out of. Um, You know, we're giving away a two bedroom, two bath home in Ghana. Absolutely free. Right. And that's uh, awarded by the Sankofa Repatriation Assistance Program. Uh, we're giving away a plot of land here in Senegal for free. We're giving away a year worth of rent and utilities for free. So you want to move here and you ain't got the money, a year worth of rent and utilities could definitely help you out. Uh, we're giving away two free airline tickets courtesy of the uh, uh, UNIA ACL, right? Um, we're also giving away a two-week retreat in Sierra Leone, a wellness retreat. All of these things are, you know, prizes that are presented by uh, actual, you know, champions for repatriation, uh, members of the Exodus Alliance uh, and um, the state of the African diaspora, Eco6, is giving away $150,000 in Lumi currency. All right. So this is not, this is not a joke. This is not, you know, uh, some, you know, marketing scheme. No, we want to be able to help people get here who can't afford it. So we did the math. We broke it down. We, we created a program where everybody can contribute 
Um, you buy a brick. The brick is $250. You get your name. You get three lines of text, 20 letters per line, up to 20 letters per line. That brick is going to be laid in formation in one of our uh, repatriate cities and, and, and uh, communities here. Uh, so you have that long term, you know, out of it. Um, but that two hundred and fifty dollars that you pay for that brick is going into the pot to help somebody be able to move here for free, to help somebody be able to do it that can't afford to do it. Uh, so you know, we're just looking for everybody to contribute. You know, right now until Kwanzaa, you can buy as many bricks as you want. You can buy one, you can buy a thousand. It doesn't matter. There are only fifteen hundred to purchase. Period. We only set it at fifteen hundred. Um, and, um, on Kwanzaa, we will be announcing all of the winners of those prizes. Somebody's going to win a free house. So, you know, y'all can drag y'all feet all y'all want, but somebody's going to win a free house. Don't be the guy who's just sitting back saying, damn, I should have entered. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, and that is a beautiful thing. And with that, you guys need to go check out made in Africa project.com. I'm not going to allow RJ to give any more of this free game until next time. Y'all be blessed. RJ. Right. I love you, man. I love what you're doing. Keep pushing. Keep being you. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my brother. Hi guys. I'm Kai Gabiam from the diaspora channel a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well, and you would love to visit one day or to relocate to Africa, there is a course out there for you. And this course is my first trip to Africa, a course well put together by a seasoned traveler, Kellen Cash Coleman. This course is designed to prepare you to travel better, which will save you both time and money. And the great news is this course costs only $20, guys. It can't get any better. Go right now and enroll to this course at www.diversifygame.com. Don't miss out. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifygame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.